Well, hello, hockey fans, and welcome back to the Bees Radio Network podcast, Series 2, Episode 2. And the best thing about it all is that the Bees Ice Hockey Club have returned to action in our brand new home in Slough, on the road in Swindon. It was great to have the players back on the ice. And do you know what else was also great? It was about, oh, what was it? It was about 35 minutes from face-off. The players had just begun to mingle back out on the ice. And all of a sudden, a man pressed a button on a laptop and lifted a volume control a little bit. And you just heard Small Town by John Mellencamp play out over the speakers. Can I and correct that man was you on that? In. I'll go on. I'm going to correct you on that. I did, having not used my laptop since, (laughs) let's see, March of 2020, I fired it up last week in anticipation of Sunday, and I went through the updates. And unfortunately, I allowed it to update to 20H2, which anyone who works in audio will know was not a clever idea. (laughs) So when you say a man pressed a button on a laptop, that button was restart at that time, and (laughs) Small Town came streaming from my phone because I had no audio on my laptop, so I was restarting it and configuring it at that time. So I'd like to start by thanking Microsoft for this great update for all audio people that ruins audio. When have Microsoft ever caused issues for the Bees Ice Hockey Club? Never well, happened before in the no. history, anyway. Updates. <laughs> Mark Denham is the man who did that. Mark, how are we, more importantly? I am um, I'm okay, thank you, Graham. I am very well. It is nice, isn't it, to be back? It's, it's really nice to be back. Um, I, I think that's where we're going to start. Um, off the bat, just to let you know, we've got no players lined up for the podcast this week. But uh, Stuart Mogg, this is your word of warning. You are on the podcast next week. Um, because this has been hastily thrown together as a recording session here. Um, it was, I just want to get your feeling about it all, because obviously appreciate there were hundreds of you and really appreciate all of you who bought streams for Sunday's game. We'll get into that in a little while as well. But we, there was obviously a very privileged few who are allowed into the Slough Ice Arena at the moment uh, to carry out game day duties. Mm-hmm. What was it like for you? Do you know what? It was It was weird, uh, if I'm honest. I mean, I, you know, I appreciate that there are many, many people who would love to have been there and who couldn't be there at all. But it was just all a little bit surreal, almost to a degree, to walk into a rink that is virtually <laughs> empty and to watch a game go on in a rink that is virtually empty. And I can't say, you know, what, how much of an honour it is to actually be among that select few that are allowed in there to do it. Yes, it's very, very different to be DJing a game where there's absolutely no crowd to work at all. It's very, very different. And for that, I feel incredibly grateful that I am among that few that are allowed in there to work the game. And I just hope that we conveyed the the game and the game atmosphere across the stream to those that are sadly as yet not allowed in to join us yeah you've sort of it, it it was great to be back it was great to see the players on the ice it was great to call a game again like things that they were always going to happen at some point 
uh, even when the season got cancelled. You always knew at some point it was going to come back. Mm. But it's very, it is a very hollow feeling. Like I said on the podcast last week, one of the big things is it's, it's the going and meeting people. It's the going and chatting to people. It's engaging in the activity around others. And the moment where it really struck for me was um, when Stuart Mogg scored the, the game-tying goal to make it 4-4. And you replay it, you'll go back and watch it. Stuart hits this shot from the point and it loops up into the air over Jordan Marr. And you've got players with their sticks up in the air, swatting it around. And eventually it didn't touch any of these sticks and it landed in the back of the net. And the bees tie up the game very early in the third period, getting the jump very early in a period, something that the side struggled to actually do last season. So it was a really good, really good sign in that respect as well. But you could imagine with the crowd what would have happened there. The yeah. shot would have come in, there would have been a big ooh as the shot goes in. Then they'd see the puck go up in the air and it'd be a, <gasps> like this, and you'd actually hear the the crowd, <clears throat> and you'd feel the crowd like breathing in that mm. moment of like, <gasps> where's it going to go? And then you'd see it go in, and the lights would come on, and and then you'd hear an explosion of noise of celebration. Yeah. And you didn't have any of that. You just had a few players going, woohoo. <laughs> I tell you where it really came home for me. There were two points. Number one, there was absolutely no reaction, obviously, to the players taking to the ice for warm-up. First time in the new home, and normally you'd get a generous ripple of applause. I know not everybody arrives at a game in time for warm-up, but there's normally enough people there to get a generous ripple of applause as the players skate out for warm-up, and I thought, that's odd. But the one that really brought it home for me was as we were coming to the end of the warm-up, I stood and I thought, right, what do I do now? (laughs) Because normally I'd be in a position where I'm warming a crowd, ready to go, where I'm making 50-50 announcements and shirt off the back announcements and, you know, thanking sponsors. But there's obviously nobody there. So for that 15 minutes or so in between the end of warm-up and the start of the game, I just literally played music and I didn't say anything. (laughs) Because I had nothing to say, and that's when it really, really hit home for me. And then, as you say, when the first goal goes in, you expect, especially a smaller rink like Slough, where when we do get to open the doors to people, they will be crammed tighter, perhaps, than they were at the Hive, because it's a smaller building. And you're closer to the ice, and you're all on one level. You would expect an eruption when that first goal goes in. And as you say... It just didn't come, and that was very, very surreal. Yeah, you say there's lots of little things like that, and I really hope that, I mean, the great work that the guys at TSI World have done uh, to get this stream up and running, the great work on the day that uh, Richard Brown, thank you, Richard, on camera. Thank you, Richard. uh, Andy Turney and Nick Hook all did. Just And yourself. Can we just say that? And yourself, of course. I know you're not going to thank yourself, but... On behalf we'll of everybody else, I'll thank you. <laughs> yeah, we'll just play that bit down. But yeah, like I'm hoping we were able to convey that. Like that, you've got to think that's the first time the guys have done a stream. And I know there's been plenty of comments across the league about uh, where it ranks and such like. And I think I think important right now just to put rankings out of everybody's heads. And if because everybody, it's a learning experience for everybody. And um, it's, I, but I, that's not to take anything away from what the guys did. For a first stab, it was a 
bloody good first stab. Mm. Um, and, I, and hopefully next week when we welcome the Tigers into the building, there'll be more of you joining us on the stream. There's a little bit of work to do. Um, we have two microphones, uh, one microphone that's obviously a lit mic that's close to me, and there is another microphone that, uh, because mentioning no names, but the commentator forgot to bring a stand for it, it got tied up just above Steve Mary's head. Now, any of you who have ever stood around Steve Merry, obligatory mention on the podcast. Um, but anybody I was stood about around... to get to that as well. <laughs> if any of you have ever stood around Steve Merry on a podcast, on a on a match night, there's plenty of conversation going on. I understand most of you at home had that as well. So hopefully we're going to tie that uh, mic a little closer to the ice so that you guys can pick up a little bit more of the, um, the ice noise and such like mm. as well. Well, I, I, yes. I was going to ask you actually on the challenge that we spoke about on the podcast last week. In that we we both wore masks, and both of us wear glasses. Now Steve Merry did try and help us out, didn't he, with these strips that go on the mask that stop the fogging? Uh, not Steve Mary, Mary's fault, but it was of no help at all to me. And I I um, I'm fortunate in that I can't read a thing without glasses, but I can still see anything that's not close to me. So I just literally took them off to watch the game, so I could see it. And then I found the challenge was. Obviously, when the announcements came to be made, I'd written them down. And the first one I tried to write down without my glasses. And then when it came to reading it, I literally had to nudge Steve. I was like, Steve, what does that say? What happened? Because I couldn't read it. And then the challenge of obviously trying to announce with a mask on and fogged up glasses was a bit of a challenge to me. But you managed fine on the commentary, though, didn't you? Yeah, uh, well, um, Again, the strip didn't exactly work for me. It fell off uh, midway through the first, but we got there in the end. Um, Mine stayed in oh, place, but it just didn't work at all. I was still yeah. just as fogged. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at other options because, it, as I say, it's a very weird sensation to be talking with a mask on. Um, it's a very strange sort of place to get to. And um, obviously, with the style of commentary I do there, I say, there's an ex- slight, a, a slight exuberance to it, which obviously produces this is quite a disgusting bit but it produces quite a bit of spittle and that all just sits in the mask and so i was having to rotate the mask around as well during the game and everything so there'll be uh, three masks this weekend will there first period yeah, I, second period third period mask might be more than that i'll tell you yeah. uh, and i mean and the other highlight is obviously at the moment we are utilizing the penalty boxes uh, as sort of covid safe zones so one of them is mine which is normally the away penalty box uh, and the the highlight of Neil Lydiard picking up a penalty and then skating towards the box, looking at me in absolute bemusement that I was stood there, and then remembering, oh yeah, I go sit on the players' bench for the for the penalty here. Mm. Um, again, that's a part of the COVID safe. There isn't actually a screen at the back of the, at the back of the penalty box, uh, so technically players that in that goes into a sterile zone for the off-ice officials. So the decision has been made on that front for the players. And it's all, and this is all the little things that you think about. You're walking in there, we're getting temperature checks, we're doing lateral flow testing. Uh, there's a lot of anti-back around the building. The, the, the end of the game, the directors are walking around and cleaning the building. Um, the players are kept very separate off the ice. The off-ice officials will barely come into contact with the players, if at all. It's a very safe environment to to get back up and running. And, and I mean, obviously, this week has started with Boris putting out his one-way road to uh, recovery and his one-way one road and there's no his turning His irreversible back. decisions that <laughs> can be reversed. Reversed. Now, um, you see, I don't know about you, Graham, but obviously you work in communications. Would you have claimed something to be irreversible and then five minutes later say that you may have to reverse it? Me, I, I would just have avoided the use of the word 
irreversible in the first place. Yeah, indeed. But I've watched enough hockey games with Stephen Matthews to know that irreversible decisions can be reversed, so it's <laughs> fine. Um, <laughs> appreciate that one. Um, but can yeah, Stephen he, Matthews do games? Because he obviously lives in Wales, doesn't he? Which is under different restrictions to us. Uh, he, he's been doing games in. He's Sweden. allowed out, isn't he? Yeah, he, they, 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 we yeah. haven't shut the border. I mean, it's no longer you no longer have to pay to get into Wales. Mm. Uh, that's that's good news. Um, but yes, yeah, Steve. Who would? Exactly. It'd be interesting to see who we get this weekend um, with the Tigers in town. I think it's only fair. We're, we're nearly 12 minutes in now. Let's actually talk about the game itself. Uh, Saturday, I think, went the way I think most people expected to. At the end of the day, the Wildcats have got games under their belt uh, and even games within the Spring Cup and the streaming series have been on the ice uh, and preparing. And I think that a little bit showed uh, in the game on Saturday. But but that's not to take anything I went. First period, if it wasn't for a, a cruelly deflected goal, that's a nil-nil first period. And I think that's a really good marker that the team have set for the Spring Cup. I think as time wore on a little bit, it, it, just that little bit of extra game now, extra extra first time out showed. Because on Saturday, I think, the before, sorry, on Sunday, the performance was outstanding for 60 minutes. Like a really good, solid performance. Yes, the Wildcats did score three unanswered goals, which... Is a little bit of a, a little bit of a question, but let's face it, that Wildcats team is very good. I think the bees have also really adjusted well to the new ice. Now, this is this is a really interesting point at home. For those of you who used to travel to the old Slough Ice Rink, that neutral zone was was fairly big, and the and the offensive and defensive ends would be shut, would be a bit would be a bit smaller. In the new rink, uh, I would love for Doug Shepard to do a skating drill with me, where he goes, says, "Go blue line to blue line." Because I think even I might be able to manage that uh, with how small the blue line is these days. It does look tiny, doesn't it? It literally extends to just past the face-off circle, which mm. is, but that makes for very exciting play. The transition is pretty much non-existent. It rolls through very quickly, and I think that's going to when when you come in and watch the game in the rink, it's action at both ends. Uh, you can turn offense and defense around in seconds, and you are looking at. Certainly, like there were bees players who excelled at this as well. But I, I keep thinking of Josh Batch on uh, D for the Wildcats on Sunday. He would just come forward with the puck out of his own, and before he knew it, he was in the offensive end. Yeah, and I tell you, I found it a little strange because for twenty-two years I did <laughs> hockey there, and I found it a little bit strange coming back after seven years of watching ice hockey on the bigger pads, both in Basingstoke and in Bracknell. I just found it a little strange to come back and think, oh, it's tiny. Yeah. And if I looked at it and I was like, I don't remember it being this small. And I asked you and you looked and you went, you put your glasses on at this moment. And you were like, <laughs> oh, yeah, it does look a bit. And I, I, I had to chat. Obviously, uh, Coach Shepard obviously played for the Slough Jets and coached for the Slough Jets for a little while as well and asked him. And he was like, oh, no, it's definitely smaller than my day. And as I, as I remarked the other day, I'm very glad the two-line pass rule has gone from the game because otherwise... We'd still be there now there playing it. <laughs> we wouldn't be podcasting, would we? We'd still be there playing the game. Yeah, absolutely crazy. And here but... we go for the third, third period, just about <laughs> to get started. Oh, and it's instantly blown down for a two-line pass. Oh, dear. I mean, it would it would be absolutely... You'd have needed a, a non-ending supply of masks had we had the two-line pass rule. <laughs> I'd have to go speak to Matt Hancock to go speak to a friend of his to get me some additional PPE, I feel, for that one. Yes. Um, but You'd yeah, end up wearing would... a bin bag or something. <laughs> it might be the best solution in the away penalty box, has to be said. Um, but yeah, it was a... 
it was it was a good weekend and uh, a great starting point for the side. Putting the point on the board very important as well. Uh, I appreciate it's not all about results in this tournament, but uh, hey, it's good to it's good to be in that position where you're putting points on the board like that. Um, I think after the first weekend of the, the season for the the Wildcat, sorry, the, the Tigers, sorry, wrong Clory animal, and and the Raiders. Um, I think we've seen where they're at. I mean, obviously the Raiders. Suffering that blow on the uh, eve of the tournament with Liam Stewart being forced to pull out of their lineup due to uh, a long-standing knee injury that he needs to get seen to. And obviously we wish him well with recovery on that. A, a guy who seems to have, um, <laughs> he seems to have literally no luck with injuries and mm-hmm. that one very much coming again. And that would have thrown a, that would have thrown a, uh, a curveball into the uh, Raiders lineup. But the Tigers went out, did the job, picked up the points and they'll be looking at this weekend, maybe with a little bit of trepidation because I think, there's more to come from this. It's a very good start for this Bees team, and especially some of the younger players, um, some of the prospects coming through. I mean, a guy I said on commentary the other day, um, the guy who just seems to be doing all the things right at the moment, and it's all the little things, and it's all the things that you're not really going to notice and such like, is Will Stead. Yeah. I think he had an amazing two games where you're not you're never going to sit there and you're never going to win man of the match awards for that stuff. You're never going to get the headline writers about that. But you don't win hockey games without someone like Will Stead playing the way he did on those two on those two outings. Do you know what? Like just thinking about this, I thought that as you say Saturday probably went the way most people would have expected it, but I think the very quick turnaround from Saturday to Sunday for a team that was playing their first weekend after very, very minimal training against a team that had trained for the Streaming Cup, played in the Streaming Cup, and trained for this and played a weekend ahead. I think that shows that there is great promise in this team. The very, very quick turnaround from Saturday being on the end of a very open result to Sunday being on the wrong end of a very, very close game result where at one stage it was impossible to call who was going to win that game. And I think that is great. And as you say, Willstead came into this team last year. And at that point in time, he was very much Harvey's brother. Whereas now when you look at him, he is his own person. He's his own player through last season. He started to carve out a role and a name for himself. And this season, he picked it right up. And as you say, it's not highlight real stuff, but it was dependable. It was good. And it's the first weekend of the season. And you just think, here's a guy who's just making his way in. And it's like he came in last weekend with a a very old head on very young shoulders and just thought, right, I've got a job to do. I'll do it to the best of my ability. And he never let anybody down. No, exactly. And uh, I mean, that's full credit to him. Another guy who re- uh, his performances stood out to me the weekend was actually a bit of a newer face in Josh Kelly. And I, I like, look, people who watched him in Basingstoke knows he has that little side to his game. He's not afraid to step in and make a play and make a hit, <clears throat> which is great to see. Um, and the challenge with that can be sometimes you you will make the wrong decision. You'll, you'll make a, a decision to go for a check or go for a hit and it doesn't play off. Josh grew in confidence, obviously scoring the goal Saturday. Great start to, to things there. But defensively, there were a couple of times on Sunday where he had to make an instantaneous decision. And there would be other players, and Josh is only 20-odd, and there are plenty of 20-year-olds who would do this, where they would hesitate. And that split second of hesitation, especially on a small ice pad like we now have in Slough, 
can be the difference between you getting that puck or you looking quite stupid. Each time, Josh made the right decision. If he decided he was going to go for a hit, he made that decision quickly and threw the check. And it, it paid off. If he realised he needed to skate with someone, he skated with someone, but he made that decision quick. And that's the sort of thing you expect maybe a player to be sort of 20, 25, 30, 40, 50 games into a season as you're nearing the playoffs. For that to be happening week one of a, a cup campaign where you haven't really been on the ice in 11 months, that's that's a little bit of hockey smarts, that is. I think that's the thing across all sports, isn't it? Is that the the very best make instantaneous assessments and decisions. You think of football, a similar type game where you have to make an instantaneous decision as to what do you do? Do you go in for a challenge or do you stand back and do you shepherd like the play around you? Same in rugby, same in cricket. I mean, if you think about cricket, you've got, you know, you're facing bowlers at international level at 90 plus miles an hour. The very best batsman will be able to assess the delivery, make a decision instantaneously. And you see a lot of young footballers, a lot of young cricketers and a lot of young sports people will be out through or or outshone through hesitation. Which way do I go? Which way do I go? And by the time they've made the decision, the decision has come too late and they've already been embarrassed. Whereas Josh, as you say, had a few of those moments where an instant decision was made. And he, like I said earlier with Will Stead, played with great maturity to see the decision to be made, to make it quickly and to have been shown at the end of it to have made the correct decision quickly. And as you say, you know, that's a decision that perhaps you would be looking for somebody where in a traditional season we would be heading into the run into the playoffs now, not just getting started. Let's not forget that we'd be heading into the final month of the regular season shortly in a normal season, you would expect somebody who's been playing, you know, and is 40-odd games into a 50-game season, you'd expect them to be switched on to be making those instant decisions. But for Josh, this was his uh, second game for his new team and just his second game of the season. He was playing with line mates that he would only have played with one game previously that he would only have trained with a couple of times. And yet he knew his role and he knew the the options open to him in those plays and it's just like he played as if he'd been doing it all season long and I thought that was you know that shows great potential as well the fact that you've got guys that are that switched on already knowing okay this is happening got to make a decision decision made execute that decision the fact that they're doing that and there's no hesitation I mean how many times have you and I both seen over the course of our involvement in ice hockey not just young players, but experienced players where hesitation has embarrassed them. And you look, especially, and I'm not picking on the role here, but especially for a defenseman, traditionally you're skating backwards where the opposition forward is skating forwards. They're at an advantage to you in that respect. And you have a decision to make. How many times have you and I both seen and indeed probably called on commentary decisions where experienced defensemen have hesitated and been embarrassed. And then the worst thing in that position is when you you know uh, as a player in any sport, I messed that up, you know. When they know that that's happened to them and they then have to turn around and see a goal being scored behind them when they had an opportunity to intercept that play, that happens to players who are even experienced, especially at the start of the season. And I would, you know, this is... 
unknown how many players have had 11-month layoffs before. To be able to come back and settle into a new team and to be making decisions like that, I think that shows great promise for a young player. And also, you know, it shows a lot of maturity as well. A player who maybe had a, a mixed reputation has just come in, settled down and done the business. Yeah, it's full credit to him. And, and there's plenty of other performances we can sit here and pick out throughout the weekend as well. But I, I just, I wanted to highlight those two because as you say, they're sometimes not the performance that people will look at instantaneously and write the headlines about. And there were certainly others who deserve that. But I, those are two that I really want to pick up on. Yeah. Um, it's not really a lot more this week. Have you got anything more? Well, do you know what? It's something I said earlier. And, you know, people may look and think, well, we lost both games. And yes, we did. That's what the record books show. We took a point. But for me, I think the highlight of this was to actually look at it in context. On Saturday, we played a very, very good team. And looking around the rosters, they're all good teams. There's going to be no easy walkover wins. You think back a couple of years ago to before we went to the National League, there were certain games in the season where you would go in and you think, that two points is ours. That's not going to happen this time. But what really, really impressed me is that after what can only be described as a disappointing scoreline on Saturday, there was the opportunity to come in on Sunday with that playing on your mind and also with a lot of youth in the team as well, that could have happened. For coming into Sunday to think, all right, well, we got hammered yesterday. It's going to happen again. Let's just get this over with. But that didn't happen. Not from the opening drop of the puck was there any sign of we were well out of the score line yesterday and it's likely to happen again today. Every single play, every puck was fought for. There was a competitiveness in that team. And let's be fair, going into overtime, it could have gone either way. We could so easily be sat here now podcasting on a split weekend. Mm. It could have gone either way because of the character shown by this team on Sunday. They could have come into their new home. There's no fans around to rally the players. And let's be honest, that does happen. That does happen. The extra man in the stands can lift a player in any sport can lift a team that wasn't there and it it on sunday without anybody there supporting them just themselves the players said we've got a job to do and we're going to do it we don't care about yesterday's result that's now history we can't change it we're going to focus on today and that slight imbalance in the fact the wildcats have had training for the streaming series <laughs> and all those games and as i said last week you can't replicate game conditions in training. Training is about working on drills and you do off ice and that to keep your fitness up. But when it comes down to it, there's no substitute for actual game time, game skating. And as we just highlighted with Josh Kelly, making decisions quickly in game environments, because in training, you'll know what drill you're doing. You don't know what's going to happen in a game. It's those drills that you've memorized in training that you then use to make the decision in the game. To have seen the turnaround from Saturday to Sunday 
I think will bode well for this weekend when we go against a team with another good roster, let's be fair, but we go against a team that's in a, as far as this competition is concerned, a more similar position to us in terms of time on the ice in games and getting ready for this competition. And I think that there's a lot of promise to come from this roster through the remainder of this competition against our other opponents. We've probably played the toughest weekend that we're going to play in terms of being outmatched. I don't mean on the rosters. I mean outmatched in the fact that the Swindon Wildcats came in with a weekend already played. They came in with training and they came in with a participation in the previous online tournament as well. By that, I mean this is probably the toughest weekend already played because now I think we start on a more level playing field in terms of game time and in terms of what our opponents have done and what we've done. I think when you look at Saturday to Sunday, there's now been another week of training. I think we're in for an exciting weekend this weekend. Yeah, I can't wait for it. Obviously, we all face us off at three o'clock on Saturday against the Tigers before we return to Slough on Sunday at two o'clock. I'm really struggling with these after afternoon face-offs. I have to <laughs> That's strange you. as well, isn't it? It throws your, it throws your mind out so much. I spoke to Richard going, after the game. Um, as we were packing up, Richard had come down from his camera uh, podium, Brown's balcony. And I said to him, I said, this is a bit weird, isn't it, Rich? I said, here I am, like, packing up. You finish, you know, streaming and that. I'm packing up. And we wouldn't even norm- we'd normally be leaving at this time to head to a game. And it's all a little bit strange, isn't it, to be finishing at the time you'd normally be arriving. It's all a little strange, isn't it? It's very bizarre. But I'm um, telling you what, I wouldn't have it any other way right there now. There is one very, very good point, though, to the new Slough Ice Arena. And I'll tell you that. When we did the Jets-Legends game back in the summer of 2014, the only face-off time we could get was 3 p.m. And this brought a very, very unique challenge to the filming of that game in that you have or had the the window, the roof window. Yes. The good thing now (laughs) is that that roof window has been covered over because that played horribly with the filming of that game, the fact that you had bright summer sunlight streaming in now obviously we're in february it's not summer but it was a sunny day on sunday had there not been had there still been that window that streaming would have been very very difficult wouldn't it well indeed and obviously there were were some challenges on that front um which i know the guys are working hard to rectify is slightly darker than i think everybody expected it to be in the rink there are a few blown bulbs that i believe are being worked on at the moment to bring a little bit more light but there are other little things that the the guys at TSI World are going to be doing to try and bring a little bit more brightness to it. I mean, it, it wasn't terrible, was it? But it just, you know, looks a little darker than it should have been. But I know the guys are working on that. As I say, week one. Week one for the players. Week one for everybody off the ice. I didn't say the word Bracknell in the whole presentation. So I'm quite happy with well that gone on that front. <laughs> I managed that as well, actually. I managed yeah. to not say Bracknell. Uh, I didn't <laughs> have much po- to say, but when it came to announce the goals and the penalties... I was very, very conscious before I started. Don't say Bracknell. Don't say Bracknell. I mean, if you had, I would have abused you, but that's fine. Uh, well, if you had, I wouldn't have known, would I? Because I didn't get to watch the stream. That's a bit very unfair, true. isn't it? Very true. No comeback for you. But anyway, yeah, importantly, buy your tickets for the stream on Sunday. 
Um, really good, really great numbers for the first week. It'd be nice to see them come up a little bit. And tell your friends, tell your friends. It's a good, fun afternoon of entertainment from all of us here at the Bees Ice Hockey Club. So that's Sunday at two o'clock when we take on the Tigers. As always, there is shirt off the players' back. There's 50-50 tickets as well. We will be promoting them. Uh, the prize got quite high for the 50-50 in the end, so hopefully we can push that up a little bit as well. Shirt off the players' back draws as well. They're already open this weekend. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's James Galazzi on Saturday. And James Galazzi on Saturday and Zach Milton on Sunday. On Sunday. There we go. You know so, there's cool. another tally being kept, don't you, this year? Oh, God. You know, like we're obviously we're playing uh, in a league table where league points are up for grabs. There is another tally that's going on as well. Steve Merry is counting his podcast mentions for the season. Oh, goodness me. I don't know whether he's counting like an episode as a mention or whether he's counting every time we say Steve Merry or not. So if he now, is, now, Steve Merry will be very happy because I've just said Steve Merry lots of times and he can add all that up. Now, I'm now wondering, is there some sort of scam going on here? And he's set an over-under for this. <laughs> and you're on, you're on the over and so deliberately are over going to mention it now. So, Well, do you know um, what? I don't honestly know the answer to that. So I'll check out the answer to that on Sunday. And if he says, yes, I have, then every question you ask me next week will be answered with Steve Merry. Um, at which point the subscriber rate drops off the podcast. Anyway, right, before that, Mark, how can fans stay up to date with all the latest from Bees Ice Hockey Club across social media and beyond? Okay, so before we get onto the social media and beyond, I just want to remind you that here we are midweek. This podcast is going out. You have plenty of time to get involved with this. Your chance to be on the stream. If you would like to get involved in the stream, then you can. You can contact Andy at beesicehockey.com and we can get you onto the stream, which is quite exciting. As you say, it's the uh, it's the start of a new thing for us. The, uh, the streaming is something brand new that we've not done before. And your chance to be involved, if you send in a video message, hopefully filmed in landscape. I know a lot of people will hold their phone up and film in portrait, but whoever has their telly hung on the wall in portrait. If you are going to send in a video, send it in film, landscape, shout out to the players, maybe your family or anything like that. You can send that to Andy at com. Has to be done by 2 p.m. on Saturday if you would like to be included in Sunday's game. And that will be ongoing throughout the series. So if you would like to get a video together, maybe uh, your family, obviously, without breaking any social distancing rules, etc., etc., Maybe if it's your family, you could just film a little video and that can roll out on the stream. Andy at BeesIceHockey.com by 2pm Saturday to be included in the stream on Sunday. In terms of keeping up on social media, you can visit Bees Ice Hockey either on Facebook or on Twitter or on Instagram. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and on Instagram as well. And of course, the website where you will find all the details will be BeesIceHockey.com. And, of course, all the raffles are on raffle.com. There are various uh, addresses. But also, more importantly, get your phone ready during the screen uh, during the stream because you can just capture the QR code off the screen and make it all a little bit easier for yourselves. Hey, that's not a bad thing. I and didn't know that. If Yeah, that was very good. But yeah. especially if you've got a TV as big as Andy Turner's TV, you can definitely do it because it's going to be very big, that QR code. Uh, How big anyway. is his TV? Oh, uh, Enormous. I'd enormous. imagine he's probably got a 60 inch, hasn't he? Oh, 60 inch surround <laughs> sound, I'd imagine. No, the TV. Um, I mean, it was fairly, fairly substantial, I have to say. Mm. Mm. Anyway, you know what? Maybe right. I'll get the stream this weekend and I'll leave it on at home for my cat and he can, <laughs> he can watch the stream while I'm out. 
And he can give a review on the TV as well, more importantly. <laughs> yes. That's, that's the true investigation that everybody wants. Uh, Mark, pleasure as ever, mate. I will see you on Sunday. It's always a pleasure, Graham. I'll see you on Sunday for uh, Masked Hockey Round 2. <laughs> and to all of our great listeners. Well, in fact, hopefully I'll see you on Sunday. Let me put it hopefully that way. Hopefully I'll see you. Yes, if I take my glasses off, I'll see you. Ah, oh, but I've got to do some natural flow tests as well. You never know. It's oh, that I've got to book mine. Moment. <laughs> I've got to book. But do you know what? Last week I got to benefit from having a self-test available, which meant I didn't have to go and faff about and do one because I had a self-test available. So I just did it and you send it off and then they confirm your result for you. This week I actually do have to book a test. You've just reminded me about that because <laughs> I don't have any self-tests available. So I'll actually have to go and do one actually in a place this time rather than just in the convenience of home. Oh, dear. I, I get to go to Microsoft every week. So not, not only is Bill Gates at some point going to put a microchip in my arm, then I'm sure he's already tagging me every time I go into his campus. Uh, well, if you could have a word about his 28 2 update and my audio while you're I'll, there. I'll, I'll bring it up while I'm having some stuff stuffed up my nose. I'll let yes. you know. <laughs> Mark, see you on Sunday, mate. See you on Sunday, Graham. Take care, everybody. Speak to you on Sunday as well. Bees Radio Network. Live coverage of Bees Home Games. The podcast. The podcast. The podcast. The podcast. The podcast.